0: Hi, and welcome to Master's Choice podcast, episode 11. Today in studio, my co-host is Cullen Johnson, head Plant reader for Master's Choice. We had an in-studio guest also, Andrew Crabtree, director of marketing for Master's Choice. We talked about nursery planting and, and some of the delay there. We also talked about drone usage, so hope that you enjoy this podcast. Thanks for joining us. welcome thanks for joining us for uh mc podcast episode 11 and so uh in the, in the studio today is cullen johnson our head plant reader. cullen welcome
1: thanks for having me
0: good hey uh you and i we've been uh spending a little bit of time together here lately True, it's true <laughs> and uh so we've been planting the nursery and like i said uh you needed a good tractor driver
1: mm-hmm. we couldn't find one So I kind of stepped in for you. That's true. Yeah. You got to take what you can get. So, you know, (laughs) but uh, yeah, you did very well uh, for, for driving the tractor. Um, keeping those them rows straight, and, and it'll make it look nice later on down the year when we have them nice crisp alleyways. Yeah,
0: so. um, too bad we couldn't find somebody who could make the nice crisp alleyways. Oh right. yes. Yeah, I mean you got yeah. you got the you got the animal guy driving the tractor, yeah. you know. So
1: well, it, it, it's uh, it's better than not having a tractor driver and trying to do it all myself. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and you know, and and we spent you know three or four days together here mm-hmm. lately, and I've imparted all of my wisdom. And yes. knowledge to you about, you know, just life, life things yeah, in general. We'll,
1: we'll say that, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to uh, drown that out over the noise of the tractor yeah, as yeah. it's going down the field. Yeah, but, yeah. well, and,
0: and and what I thought I heard a miss in the tractor the other day, but mm-hmm. I realized it was just you singing on the back. Oh
1: uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So got to keep my uh, my sanity in check. Got to do little things like that. to no keep, keep it, uh, keep no it doubt. going. So, so,
0: so we have been planting the nursery. And, and so just kind of give us an update on, on where we are on that and where you are and, and what's going on there.
1: Yeah, so uh, yesterday was the, the, the last day of the first plantings that I was wanting to get done. Um, that was uh, May 16th, and uh, <clears throat> see, we had uh, started planting here the second week of May, um, just got done here uh, in the third week. i back that up. First week of May, we got started uh, planting the second week here. We just got done. Um so <clears throat> was a little bit behind okay. than I than I was wanting to but we still were able to get in in a good time frame uh for nurseries that is it, it, uh, in for production corn we might have been a little later but for what I'm trying to do uh making selections uh growing out inbred populations um this is still a prime time to be planting okay so.
0: good and and so uh if i'm not mistaken yesterday we were basically kind of all caught up for for different delays. So yes. why why are we delaying all of these plantings? We we planted here and there and yonder, and, and now we're kind of caught up. Yeah, but we could be planting today because the weather's nice. But we've we've taken a break.
1: That's true. Uh, so the reason why I break up my my uh, plantings is because I don't want all the pollinations hitting at uh, the same time. Um, so. I figured it up a little while ago. There's going to be about 90,000 plants okay. um, in in my uh, nursery this year. Uh, I'm going to be pollinating roughly half of those. Okay. Um, and so when you're thinking about 45,000 pollinations, if you are planting all at the same time, all of those pollinations will happen within uh, a 10-day to 14-day period because there's different immaturities that I have out in the, in the nursery. So... If we delay our plantings, and we can break up those 45,000 pollinations to go over a month, yeah. uh, five weeks, yeah. and, and make sure that our uh, we're doing it correctly. We don't have to hire as many people uh, right. to help out with the nursery, but also uh, we, can, we can partition out those pollination blocks, uh, the blocks in the field. Okay. This block's going to be pollinating first, so we need to hit that one first, and then... As the year goes long, the later plantings then become uh, the next blocks we need. And to hit. so,
0: when you're so. talking about pollinations, you're you're talking about going and shaking pollen off yes. that plant yes. into a bag, yes, and and taking that bag and and actually putting that pollen on the silk of yes. a plant. Yes,
1: and and we're walking those rows uh, every single day, every morning, uh, touching every single one of those plants probably three to four times a day, making sure that those. Bags are on there, maintaining our purity, making sure there's no pollen getting on those silks uh, that we don't want right and then we can take the pollen that we want on them silks uh, and, and dump them on. so
0: late so, so, la- so labor intensive. it's very, not that, very it, very it's not that oh, we're gonna let this just pollinate it, itself with these are these are hand hand yes, things. That's true. so so you, you got in just a little bit later, but we're still fine on all mm-hmm. of that. So what what effects do you think this is having? Is this going to have any negative effects?
1: So uh, right now it's it's not going to have uh, negative effects for what I'm trying to do. If we were say talking about a production field or uh, a field that um, a guy's just growing his you know one crop in. Um, I would say that there might be some side effects for being a little later because you're not going to get as, as higher yields. Okay. Um, but because kind of May, May
0: 15th is kind of the, yes, the cutoff yeah, date there yeah. that you start to lose, lose a little bit of yield. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. But
1: for us, um, I, I, don't see that much of a, of an issue though, because we are spacing out our, our, our uh, work time, uh, that month, month and a half yeah. uh, of work. Um, we're spacing out. So we're not as labor intensive for a week and a half. Okay. Um, now, if we were in getting towards the first week of June, I would be a little hesitant. Well, should we plant this block? Because we may not get a good seed set because uh, those uh, corn plants are going to be rushing to maturity. Right. They're going to be really bolting out of the ground. They're going to be uh, weak stalks. They're just trying to get up and okay. get out to do uh, reproductions. Okay, um, So we're not going to get as good of seed set, but um, if it's past that that June 1st, uh, time period. That's what happened last year is right. that we got planted right around the uh, June 7th and I didn't get as good a seed set as I was hoping to, but, um, you know, this year we, you know, we're correcting for that. We're, good. we're, we're getting ahead of, of that June 1st, uh, cutoff period where okay. I, I would like. Um, but yeah, so, I, for, for the nursery itself, I don't think there's going to be uh, much of an issue. Uh, we're still going to be hitting, uh, all of our pollinations in July, okay. the first week of August. So, uh, I'm pretty happy for, for right now, what we've got in, um, you know, everybody who was at the office knows that I was really gung ho to get in uh, that that last week of April. But uh, I'm glad I didn't. That cold weather, that wet weather, there would have really messed up uh, sure. them, them them corn plants. Yeah. So.
0: so we uh, we've been talking about this uh, kind of getting in, and you're talking about you know we didn't get quite in as late, and and so this year. Uh, we have we've put irrigation in the nursery. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so, do you think it's going to be as important? I mean, we were kind of joking yesterday when we were when we were out there that like we're shooting water. We you know we yeah, put yeah, this yeah. in. We, we, we paid for this. We we did this. We're going to shoot water wh- whether we need it or yeah, not. Yeah. But really, you know, how, how important is it to have to have all of this irrigation in?
1: So uh, for our location, we're a little bit on a uh, silty loam location. So we're not going to be as clay um, to hold on to the water. Um, actually, it's not a bad location for growing corn um, in entirety. It's got a little bit of roll in it. But um, that soil is going to be dropping a lot of water through it. And if we turn off dry here in July when we're trying to make them pollinations, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna shut off that reproduction and, and um, so for example, silks really need water to, um, to, to grow okay. and to be uh, fertile. Okay. Um, they need lots of water, so that's where that plant is putting all of its uh, water consumption into. If we turn off dry, say the last week of June, and we don't get a rain until the middle of July, those pollinations there between that time period are not going to be good unless we get water on it. So that's the reason why we wanted to, to put an irrigation system out there was to make sure that those blocks that we want to get a lot of seed back on, um, okay. especially things like making hybrid, uh, experimental crosses. Yeah. Uh, that's very important. We get a lot of seed back on because now we can test those in multi- more locations. Sure. if We get more seed. Um, so that's one of the main reasons why we got that out there. Um, I'm not going to be watering all the blocks, though, because okay. there are some uh, blocks out there that I want to cut off the water. I want to give it stress because those are my selection blocks. Okay. Those are the ones that uh, plants that—these um, are segregating for certain characteristics. Um, and if I can screen out the ones that are drought— um, Oh, prone? yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Drought prone. Those plants that are drought prone, I can weed those out by not giving it water. Those plants will die. I won't keep that plant moving forward. Makes sense. And then I only keep the ones moving forward that, uh, that, that will get through that stress without having a okay. water supplement.
0: So, so just, just kind of, just kind of branching off here for a second. When you are making these selections, what kind of things are you looking for?
1: Yeah. So, uh, obviously I'm looking for, um, what a lot of plant breeders are looking for yield Mm -hmm. obviously something that's going to yield well for the the female side something that's going to pollinate well for the male side in in tough tough conditions looking for general health um things that can have uh, a good disease resistance this is a great location for disease resistance because we can hit uh southern uh, corn leaf blight really well here rusts um you know northern corn leaf blight we can hit some of those uh disease diseases here in southern illinois Um, so screening for those are are pretty good. Um, we can also be looking for, you know, drought resistances and, uh, working better on, uh, tougher soils, some more clay soils. Um, so those are just uh, some of the few things. Also looking, um, one that popped in my head was, uh, good stay green, making sure that we have a larger harvest window for our silage guys later down the road. And then, you know, kernel textures, stuff like that. Um, so that's just a little bit about what I'm looking at when I'm out in that field. Um, you know, making those selections. But if I can induce a stress on those plants that I'm selecting out of, and I find one that um, you know has no disease on it, that has really good stay green, that has the correct kernel texture that we want for uh, our silage guys, you know, that's that's what I'm going to try to find. And if you can put a bunch of junk out there. And you can find that one diamond that's in the middle of it, you know, that that makes all worth it. So. OK.
0: OK. So so kind of along those lines, uh, there was a popular press article the other day talking about how plant breeders mm-hmm. are, are using drones. OK, mm-hmm. do you do you use drones in 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 any of your uh, doings in the nursery and, and as a plant breeder yet?
1: Uh, not right now. Uh mostly because this technology is still in, in the preliminary stages. They're still getting um, things kind of figured out for that. Um, if I remember right, the article was talking about soybeans and selecting for um, uh, different relative maturities within okay. soybeans. Uh, normally those those guys would go out there and they would uh, have to walk the field three times a day uh, and, and go through every plant and say, oh, well, this plant, uh, it might be a little earlier than this plant over here. Um, what they're doing with those drones is they're, taking a flyby picture over top, stitching those pictures together, and they give it an algorithm okay. um, that reads those pictures and says, well, that plant right there, that plot right there needs to be harvested, you know, in the next day or so. Um, uh, speaking a little bit about my alma mater, Purdue University, there actually uh, a we little... knew that was coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I have to talk a little bit about my alma mater, but uh, they, they just got in this new phenotyping lab, um, and, that, and that's where a lot of uh, those... Preliminary stages are coming out of okay. is, is Purdue University. I think uh, University of Illinois is also at Champaign Urbana yep. is also doing it. Um, phenotyping is kind of that next step. Um, I think people kind of say that genetics or that we kind of already figured out genetics not not entirely, but um, phenotyping is is a next step that can help out a lot of farmers. Um, right now they're using it for crop scouting, uh, things like uh, <clears throat> health assessments, looking for diseases that. Uh, they might might, might need a spray-in, looking for pockets that are needing a little bit more of a, uh, a nitrogen bump or a yeah. nutrition bump or something like that. Um, so this is kind of what is in the realm of precision ag- agriculture. Yeah, yeah. And so making sure that, um, this is my interpretation of it, it's making sure that every plant has exactly what they need for that, you know, three-inch by three-inch square sure. of dirt that they're in. Sure. Um, and so um, that's kind of, that next step. Uh, I think as, as the technology gets a little better, I, I might actually try to find the drone and, and try to see if we can't, um, build an agro- algorithm for, uh, looking for things like, uh, um, row shading percentage, uh, photosynthetic uh, abilities, make, seeing if it has a, a higher photosynthetic, um, output, um, things like that. Um, but that, like I said, that's in the preliminary stages. I'd like to, um, kind of He's back on it, watch the technology kind of grow and develop, and then uh, see if we can't hit the, the floor running in the next few years. So
0: so you, you've you kind of talked about what plant breeders would use a drone for. That's going to be a little bit different than what a farmer yeah, would, because yeah. those guys are already using this technology a lot. You know, um, our MC Ag guys, they've got a yeah. drone, they, they scout fields with drones. So what... What are the what are the differences you know what are they going to be looking for
1: yeah so a lot of this uh, kind of boils down to production inefficiencies okay uh, so things like uh, nutrition uh, things that, uh, locations in the field that have uh, nutritional deficiencies um, so you can actually fly over the field and say well this pocket over here needs a little bit of phosphorus because uh, it's it's showing okay. the symptoms um, they're also looking for uh, just Health, general health assessments for diseases, droughty areas, stuff like that, um, and and I was reading a little bit about this, but uh, there's some people who are using drones to actually spray their fields as well. So they're really? lo- they're loading up these. Uh, they're not using the the quadricopter things. They're right. using more of the plane okay. uh, drones to. Uh, load them up with whatever uh, insecticide, herbicide, you know, Not, stuff like that. Fertilizer kind of things that they stuff. would need. Yep, and they're flying it over. It's uh, a little – I think it's five times uh, lower in cost than just driving your tractor out in the field wow. and spraying over wow. on top. So, um, yeah, just those are some of the the little things that are kind of coming out with drones, and um, obviously this is going to be one of those things that uh, will help, help farmers and help uh, – uh, field scouters and stuff like that. So.
0: Sure. So, uh, I know, I know that I know you well enough to know that you are, you are young and, and, you know, new technology does not, uh, bother you, does not mm-hmm. scare you. But yet at the same time, I I will say my assessment is you're a little bit of an old soul. You, mm-hmm. you like, you like to do things kind of in, in, uh, maybe not the newest way, but you know, the way that you like, the yeah. way that you feel comfortable with. So, as a as a plant breeder, you, you think about this technology of the drones. You know, right now, just kind of, you know, your opinion. Would you rather walk the field every day and look at those plants and and be able to touch those plants, or 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 do you see a day maybe when 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 the drone takes that over for you?
1: So so this is kind of uh, I kind of blame my dad for that old soul because. Uh, you know, I grew up with, uh, you know, 706 International Harvester mm-hmm, and a mm-hmm. John Deere 7000 planter. And, mm-hmm. and I grew up with all that old stuff, you know, trying to make the old stuff work for what we we're trying to do. So um, but yeah, uh, I, I actually don't see uh, drones fully taking over what we're what plant breeders are trying to do. Um, there's something about uh, a person walking out in the field and, and using what is called a breeder's eye. Okay. um, to go out and make selections. And, and a breeder's eye is, is, um, it's kind of a, a rough, a rough, uh, uh, description of what a breeder's eye is. It's, it's a person who has walked out in the field so many times and they're selecting for, you know, the same crop. They're out there looking at certain characteristics and they build up this, um, oh, they calibrate their eyes essentially say, sure. you know, this plant is going to be a lot better than this plant five years down the road. Um, and so I really don't see uh, There's
0: there's actually an intuition to that, correct? Yeah,
1: there's a little intuition to it. Um, uh, There is a lot of, uh, well, uh, so with corn, you're breeding for half the final product, too. So you have to be thinking about, well, what what could this plant uh, be crossed to to make our hybrid? And then we'll test this later on down the road. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of intuition, a lot of, um, you know, walk in the fields that still needs to be done. Drones will just be a supplement to that. They'll just be adding to the data that we can collect on those fields and and, and be able to present that data to to the farmers later on down the road. So. Good
0: good deal. So um, I think at this point where we're we, so we got a we got an in in-ske- in guest woo, in studio guest. My, my I just I guess I haven't had yep. enough coffee. Um, but in studio guest. There, there we go. Uh this morning is going to be Andrew Crabtree. He's our director of marketing. And so he's going to kind of take another look at, at using drones and mm-hmm. technology and just kind of how how we've been marketing and looking at things. Yep. And so uh so Andrew, we're going to we're going to bring you in.
2: Well, Andrew, welcome. Yeah, I would say it's nice to be here, but I'm I'm pretty well always here when we record these. I'm just on the other side yes. of the equipment. So. Absolutely. You're but you're never on this side. So this is your no, first time. it's my time? first time. Yeah, it's so um I'm used to listening to these with with the headphones on, yeah. so I'm I'm a little lost right now. But I well, we can we could it.
0: get you some headphones.
2: Yeah, we we could you know
0: I mean you yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I'm glad glad you're here. Cullen and oh. I were talking about the use of drones for um for for plant breeding and just production and yeah. and kind of going through that. But we we also use if you if people have seen some of our videos, they'll they'll see some of that. Some of that drone usage or drone usage, drone footage, yeah, right. And so, so we use we use the drone for marketing. So, just kind of talk through that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So
2: we have our, our drone is called a Phantom Four. Okay. Uh, it's it's by a company called DJI. Uh, we fly it. It's got a, a pretty nice 4K camera on it. Uh, so all of the aerial footage that you would see on our videos is taken um, from that Phantom Four. Um, Pretty easy to fly. Um, they make some smaller drones now that are a little more portable, but you know the camera quality and uh, just the usability of the Phantom 4 is really good. So I'd, I'd say it's one of the more common drones out right now. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I think our uh, I think our guys in MCAG down in in Ullen in the shop. I think that for uh, for some crop scouting purposes, they use a Phantom 3, which is just the previous version. So uh, very similar. Uh, so I know that I know that a couple of our guys here have their uh, their licensed through the FAA to be okay. kind of a certified drone pilot. Oh, so nice. I know nice. we've got one guy in marketing that has his, and he kind of does all of our aerial imagery, uh, a guy named Aaron. And then uh, Christian down at the plant, I believe, has his FAA to be able to to do the scouting. To, and to, do, the, to do the scouting and yeah. everything. Okay,
0: okay. And and so those, those these are the, the quadcopter kind, yeah. of, kind, kind of drones. They, yeah, they, little they,
2: remote control hooks up to your iPhone, and you can uh, pretty much watch the cameras – Live feed as you're flying it, and nice. know when to turn it on, and uh, you know it's it's helpful in crop scouting, and you know, and I know we just talked about for Cullen, but uh, for us, it's uh, the use of video and being able to add that uh, that kind of grand perspective on uh, on our videos.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, and it works a whole lot better than somebody uh, hanging out of a helicopter.
2: Yeah, and it's a whole lot cheaper too. Yeah, so. absolutely,
0: absolutely. Although you know, I've kind of been pushing for a helicopter just. It would you know, be as, fun. As much as I travel, you know, just to just be able to cut jump in some, a helicopter, cut and some time down. It would, it would, yeah, absolutely. Efficiency. Yeah. We're talking about efficiency here, right? So.
2: Uh So, so I, one of the things I am excited about is, is on our YouTube channel. We're uh, we're getting ready to do a video here in the next few weeks okay. about drones specifically. Really, um, And like I said, our, our guy Aaron Wright has his license through the FAA to be a certified drone pilot. Um, and so he's taken that class and he's going to kind of just share some things that he's learned through that. Okay. Um, you know, just kind of some best practices and... Uh, tips for flying and, and doing video or, or crop scouting or whatever with those, so that'll be something to kind of look forward to on the YouTube channel here in the next few weeks. So,
0: so with that with that license, they say, okay, you can fly it here. You can't fly. It. They let people know. Yeah, because there, there are places. i have not taking you... the course.
2: Okay. And I don't even really know how to fly the drone. But he he does, and yes, he. I, I believe. I mean, I, I think there's a a whole there's a way that you can check all the you know all the different flight spaces and where you can, where you can't fly. Um, yeah, it's it's nice to have a guy as we do these videos. It's nice to have a guy that's certified and that we're we're doing it legally. Really? So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. And and so um, you know because because no, nah, I'm not gonna go there. Never mind, <laughs> I'm not gonna go there.
2: Uh, but t- talking about doing it legally. Uh, to, to, if you you know if this is something that you guys wanted to do, to want to do you know crop scouting or yeah. if, or if you're a, a guy at home that's you know starting his YouTube channel or whatever and you because it's good footage, uh, you can go to FAA's website and there's a directory of all the different places that you can take that test okay. to become a, a certified pilot. So
0: so speaking of YouTube channels, yeah. you know here here we are in this podcast and and of course they'll they'll release this on for 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 just audio podcast but but we've been releasing these on on youtube and 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 different kinds of youtube things just talk a little bit kind of the the mindset and the idea and and why why we're why we're kind of you know we talk about why we're so social and and why we're marketing this way
2: so i think that right you know the way that the 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 world is going right now is it's becoming increasingly mobile people are spending more time on their phones than ever before i think that um I think that right now people are consuming more content maybe than they ever have. And Good. YouTube's a big part of that. Yeah. Um, I think there's like 1.3, uh, was it 1.3 billion active monthly users on YouTube right now? Wow. So wow. 1.3 billion people are watching videos on YouTube every month. Wow. Um, so it's it's like more than one seventh of our population. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, it's a big deal. And I, and I think that, as we shift away from traditional media, um, people are going to be turning to, to avenues like YouTube for all of their content and entertainment. So I think it's important for us to to meet the, uh, the agricultural community where they are. And I know that there's a lot of guys that spend time on YouTube and listening to podcasts in their tractor cab. And so I, I think that giving them content that, that is a resource to them and that matters to them and is tailored specifically to them uh, – I think it's it's needed, and you know I, I think that there's guys out there that that care about it, and yeah. uh, and and we you know we try to keep these things as you know, I, the words pitchy, so we don't want right. to be pitchy. Like, right. I, I, like I think that we're trying our best just to be a a resource to those guys and provide content that that they can take something out of that that helps benefit their their farm and their operation. Yeah,
0: no doubt. No, and and I know so so I'm I'm kind of one of the old guys around here in the office, but. Uh, when my washing machine messed up this week, I was I automatically just went to went and searched it in yeah. in YouTube and said, "Okay, what? How do I need to fix this?" and and and, uh, and all kinds of the,
2: those things like that. So surprisingly enough, YouTube is actually the the second most used search engine in the world behind Google. So wow, YouTube is is considered more of a search engine than a social platform, and uh, the only more used search engine in the world is Google. That's a, that's so. interesting. That's amazing. Who owns YouTube? So yeah, okay, well, then, yeah, so.
0: Not neat. So, but uh, no. So I, I I really appreciate the way you marketing guys have have uh, made me look good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's hard.
2: It's not always easy. It's not always <laughs> easy.
0: No. And and you've you've really uh, you really helped kind of propel us um, Master's Choice to the next level, and uh, and and just really really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I th- I think as long as we keep the the focus on the uh, on the farmer and the ag community and trying to be a, a service to them, right? I think that you know. I think that's the best thing that we can do as a marketing department is just bring them the content that they that they want.
0: Yeah, makes so. sense. Makes sense. Andrew, I appreciate you joining us this morning. Yeah, man, it was
2: it was fun to be on this side of the uh, on this side of the camera and for one of these things. So, so what, what they
0: decided to get the two ugliest dudes in the office and put them on the camera together.
2: Hey. But it works. It sounds much better on Podbean and iTunes than it looks on YouTube. (laughs) I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Hey, uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate it. Hey,
0: uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us today and uh, and bringing that information to us. We appreciate that. Um, So, Cullen, just to kind of uh, begin to wrap this up uh, a little bit. So we've expanded the nursery. we're We're getting it in. you know, we've talked about scouting it and everything. Uh, Andrew with marketing. So so just tell us maybe a, a few of the exciting things that you see coming uh, this year, uh, maybe something that'll be coming down the line. So, so what are some new exciting things that, that you're seeing from the breeding program?
1: Well, I can't dive too, too deep in that because we, we got to keep our, our cards close to our chest, but, uh, there are some very unique things out in, uh, test plots this year okay. that we're going to be, uh, collecting data on that we're very close to, to getting into that, uh, okay. commercial production. Um, definitely going to be, uh, something that I've worked on, um, uh, closely and uh, I'm looking forward to being able to bring some of those things to the farmers personally okay. um, because that's that's a part of you know my job is to, to see these things through until they get to the, the, the production and then start again and, and keep that, that process going but uh, definitely have been able to, to make some selections on some things that that um, you know, softer, softer kernels. Right. Uh, you know, uh, un- unique kernel phenotypes. Okay. Uh, you know, has some that silage look, that big plant health, <clears throat> that, that plant health, that big plant, uh, robust structure. Um, and and actually actually some some starch characteristics that are visual.
0: Yes, very that, visual. They're very visual that yes. you can a- actually see.
1: Yes, and and so those that those that have that that uh that plot out in their fields are, are gonna rip that ear back and say what is going on here what happened uh, but um it's it's part of it it's part of the gen- genetics behind it and uh, I'm looking forward to bringing this uh, bringing this to the farmer because it's something that I've been working on for for quite some time and um it's kind of I, I call them my babies because um, yeah. I'm 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 seeing them you know grow and mature and, and see how they work through the program and, and I really do get excited about some of these things. Being able to, um, to to really see this thing come to yeah. fruition, so. and
0: and so uh, so I had some at uh, at a Forge Lab yes. last week, and uh, and they were just they were like, whoa, what what is this? Yeah, this yeah. is really cool, you yeah. know. And um, and so uh, so they're they're going to be doing some uh, unique and different nutritional testing yeah. on these hybrids because you know we, we know that there's a difference there mm-hmm. and um, and so it's there's like I say it's very visual and and just the just the look of it is yeah. is, is is incredible yeah so and and so and and so far what we have found is that everything tells us that this is just as good or better mm-hmm. than some of our very best hybrids
1: yes yeah.
0: and, and so here here we have here i think i'm i'm really excited about about this you know this this difference that you can see mm-hmm. coming coming down the line in in the next couple of years it's
1: going to be a big selling point i think uh, for a lot of our dealers and, and distributors and things they they should be really excited about this cuz it's going to give them another edge on the farm absolutely uh, to 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 be able to sell against and 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 say you know you know here you can actually see it you know we' we've, we've said that from from day one here right. you know you can see the difference here in this, yep. this kernel. But now we don't even have to break it open. You can see it right on, right on the outside of the ear. Right, so. right,
0: right on the ear. So, yeah, so excited about that. Anything else that you see coming down?
1: Um, you know, there's some early stage stuff, stuff that are in my uh, selection rows, and I'm pretty excited about. Okay. Um, can't really allude much to that because you know they're still, they're still evolving. They're still right. uh, making their their way through the program. But um, every year I'm making new selections, making new populations, um, driving new things out. So, uh, and, and I get access to, uh, novel germplasm too. So, um, you know, that's, that's part of my job is to always be looking for the the newest and the best thing that's going to be the best thing 10 years from now, you know? so.
0: So, so there's, uh, there's, there's a new inbred line that I'm really excited about. Um, and, uh, just the, just the visual looks mm-hmm. of, of, what it, of what it brings mm-hmm. and, uh, just really this kind of big, bold silagey plant, yeah. not, not necessarily real tall. I think yeah, you know yeah. which one yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Really big, broad leaves and just kind of all stacked in there Good real stocks, nice. Good stalks. Yep. Good, yep, great stalks. Yep. And, um, I mean, just looks like, and, and we know we've seen some of the crosses with it, uh, last year yep. and, and tonnage is great and Quality feeding quality is is exciting, so I'm I'm really looking forward to getting to yep. getting that uh, in, into some more some more commercial production that yep. that guys are going to be able to see. I, I think it's really interesting, and, and we've talked about this a couple of times. And I guess every time we're together uh, on on a podcast, we're just going to hit on it, I guess. But just just the unique relationship mm-hmm. that you and I get to have as as director of of uh, nutrition research. And then plant breeding that you and I really get to work very close together yeah. uh, to, to look at these things. And, and I say, I really like the way this looks. And you can go, yeah, but it's got it's some a, agronomic yeah, yeah. problems, but you can tweak it.
1: I can tweak it, yeah. And then so all these things that we're coming out with, say, the, the, the line that you were talking about, we can improve that even further by making right. uh, you know larger kernels and and, 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 and making that uh, ear girthier and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so... Once we get something and and we find something that's very unique like that, we just take it and recycle it back in the program and start again and and see, well, you know— Say this line over here. Maybe it doesn't have as good disease tolerance, say anthracnose. Sure. sure. Well, we can come back in and, and recycle that and and cross it up with something that has good anthracnose okay. tolerance, and then select on from there. Yeah. And and try to keep uh, the original original line, but bring in that, but, but bring bring
0: in those yeah. in those health factors. So so that's where I, I that's one of the things that I really enjoy about working uh, with you, and 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 here is that that there's really that that close connection between. What's going on agronomically in the field, and then what's going on in the cows yeah. and, and and livestock, and how and how we really meld that together. And and you know, from from my perspective, I, I talk to a lot of guys who who are in my role at other places, and and they don't have that relationship mm-hmm. with the, with their with their breeding um, programs. It's kind of like, hey, we found this, we think it's going to work. Why don't you guys test it? Whereas we're yeah. on we're we're kind of on the ground on the ground floor saying. I I like the way this tests. Let's see if we can make it agronomically yeah, sound. At the same time. A- at the yeah. same time. And um and so in in and consequently it kinda works the other way too. Yeah. Uh, you say this is really good agronomically, it looks good, it's really healthy. And I say, Well, it needs a little bit more of this or a little mm-hmm. bit less of this and, and we can really we can really work on those things. And so that's something else I appreciate. Anything other, anything else kind of new, interesting going on in the, uh, in the plant breeding world of, of Cullen Johnson?
1: I just uh, wanting to get all the corn in the ground and watch it grow. I think that's uh, my next steps. I was able to, you know, really get this, you know, we were talking about earlier, getting that uh, first set of plantings done. So a little bit of ease of stress there, but uh, still ramping up to kind of, Finish that off, and uh really, that's that's all I'm kind of excited about right now is getting the next uh growing cycle in and, and seeing what we can do.
0: Well, good. So. so, so you've been getting your masters this semester. Yes, that's true. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't. I don't know if we've we've talked about this at, at all, but you've been getting your masters this this semester. So you you finished up this. Yeah. You finished up this semester, and. And the last I heard, when when we talked a couple weeks ago, you had one more test left, yeah, and you wanted to study for it because you wanted to make sure that you were going to keep that four yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, yeah, so uh, SIU uh, Carbondale, Southern Illinois University, is just right up the road, and I've been working closely with uh, a professor there on 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 working some, on, through some gene things, yes. um, some molecular markers, and and so uh, I, I said, well, uh, well, he asked me, you know, do you need a graduate student to, to work with you on this, and I said, well, uh, what happens if uh, I'm just that graduate student? He thought that was the best idea ever, but um, yeah, so first semester back in school, uh, getting my master's, right now just master's, yeah. um, seeing if I can't just get that little bit of extra schooling, get that Absolutely. molecular genetics knowledge more, um, but uh, yeah, so it was that last exam went well, and so uh, I was able to keep the 4.0 for the the semester. So uh, awesome. Start, awesome, starting out good, good, and,
0: good. So. And but you're still got some got projects working on uh, this <clears throat> summer. Yep. Uh, so so you're you're actually going to be really
1: busy. Yeah. So uh, you know I, I think I never stop, but um, you know it keeps me busy. Um, you know trying to do a full time job and, and also trying to go back to school and kind of finish it up. But um, you know leaning into it and, and really getting getting through it and, and pushing through it is really uh, I think made me a little bit better with time management yeah. and things like that. but yeah, uh, so
0: well and, and you know one of the other things that I think that uh, from from my perspective is that it's kept you fresh and, yeah. and, and new ideas and new and new thinking and and uh, just things that you hear at school and and really being able to apply that practically to where you're at. so I, I, I think it's the best of both worlds. but I will tell you this, all right? That it, when you win or if you get your PhD, I will not call oh, you. Come Dr. on, Colin. that was the only. I will not call that, you. Dr. That would be Colin. the
1: only time. Only reason why I would go get my PhD <laughs> is so that I have that little uh, nameplate that says Doctor Colin Johnson, and then I'll have one right at that window, right across from you, <laughs> that says, "This is what you call me, Doctor Colin, Colin Johnson."
0: Johnson. No, so. no, not at all. <laughs> no, never, never. So, hey, Cullen, appreciate you yeah. joining me this morning. Uh, good talk. Uh, it Always in, enjoy having you and being around you and been, been good the last few days working with you. So, appreciate it. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for joining us this morning for uh, MC Podcast Episode 11. And I uh, hope that you, uh, if you need to, pick up some of the other podcasts if this is your first Uh, listening to. So I I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope it's been beneficial for you guys. Uh, Remember that we are social and so YouTube uh, and Instagram. And so we we appreciate you looking us up there and, and giving us a like and a thumbs up. So appreciate it, guys.